to be here with you, great to be celebrating. We have a God who has all authority. We've been walking through a series here that is called All Authority. It's about Jesus Christ in every facet and in every way having all authority. Everybody just say all authority. All authority. Like not just some authority or not all authority in some areas. All authority, all areas. He's in charge. Jesus Christ. May he get all the glory as we lift him up, as we point to him, as we celebrate him. It's a huge deal that we grasp his greatness. And so we've been walking in this series week by week through the authority of Jesus Christ. We talked about his authority to teach. Like when he speaks, lives are changed. When he teaches, lives are rocked. He forgives sin. He brings hope. He builds his church. He gives authority to give others. Like you know when he has authority because he can actually hand that authority out to others. He gives authority to give to others that authority. He controls the wind and the waves. He heals physical needs, the pain of the physical world. And he can speak and it's resolved. Jesus Christ, he touches and there is physical healing. We have hope in him and we have life in him. And then it says that he has the authority to give life and the authority to bring judgment. Jesus Christ. The authority to give life, the authority to bring judgment. Jesus, he literally brings to our soul what will last for all eternity, life. We have life in him, we have hope in him. As he has our bodies resurrected up and lasting for all eternity, may God get all the glory. Jesus Christ, life and judgment is his. You know, this past week we actually were uh, walking through the greatness of Christ and his glory and what it means to have faith in him and to trust in him. We talked about the fact that Jesus died on the cross for us and that he rose again for us. And because of that, if we have faith in him, we can have life eternal. We can be saved. And uh, we actually called out for anyone in here to respond. We had multiple people coming down after the services saying either they had trusted Christ or they had a child who had accepted Christ. We even had somebody come in later in the week that said after the service, they've been pondering it and they want to get things right. What do they need to do? They accepted Christ right then and there. Man, we have people accepting Jesus Christ as Savior. He is King. And all of God's people said, huge deal that we have life in him and we have hope in him. May God get all the glory. As Jesus Christ has all authority, then these next two weeks here, today and next week, we're closing out the series with just, so what's the right way to respond to the one who has all authority? How can I respond to him? All right? So turn with me, if you will, to Colossians chapter 1, as we start in verse 9. Colossians 1, starting in verse 9. And uh, today's sermon is actually called, Let Us Serve Him. If he is actually in charge and he has all authority, the appropriate response is for us to serve him. How do we go about doing that? Point number one, seek to know God's will. Seek to know God's will. If you don't know what he wants, you can't rightly serve him. We have to know what God's will is along this journey, all right? So starting in verse nine, it says, and so... 
from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And so from the day we heard, the writer of this book is the Apostle Paul, and from the moment he heard about people in Colossae, the city of Colossae, believing in Jesus Christ, from the moment he heard that they were in, he began to pray. It said that he prayed without ceasing. And we have to understand what Paul means when he says that, right? He talks about praying always or praying without ceasing. What he does not mean, everybody say not, what he does not mean is like all I'll ever do from now on is just pray, pray, pray. I'll do nothing else. I'm only praying. I'm praying for you now. That fills my whole time, all day long, 24-7 from now on. Not that. What he is saying is I'm praying in a regular, consistent basis. What he's saying is legitimately, like maybe it's every day he's got his prayer list and as I go through my day, I'm walking through all of those prayer requests or maybe it's in the morning as he woke up going through those and getting those covered and on a regular, consistent basis, not stopping, he keeps going after it. Maybe it's on that daily repeating basis. Maybe it's on a weekly, he had so many prayer requests and so throughout a week he would roll through those and get those covered. As he's talking about praying always and praying without ceasing, he's saying, every time I remember you, this is on my mind and I'm bringing it up and I'm happy to be bringing you up before God. Praying consistently and faithfully. Man, make sure that you've got a walk that has consistent prayer in it. Like, do you have a daily prayer time where you're going through a list of people or prayer needs or prayer requests where you're actually taking time to thank your God and praise him for all he's doing. Being able to spend a little bit of time on your knees before your king. Maybe it's on a daily basis. Maybe you have this weekly thing where every day you're rolling through different prayer requests so that you can cover the breadth of what God has pressed on your heart with. And uh, just make sure that you're taking time that is absolutely you with your God. Spending time with him saying, Lord, you're in charge. And I long for you to be thanked. I appreciate all that you are doing. May you get all the glory. Us taking time to pray without ceasing, finding a way for that to be wrapped into our everyday experience with our God. And how is your prayer time? How are you doing talking with the king of the universe and bringing before him not just your needs, but also your appreciation and your gratitude, your thanks. May God get all the glory, right? He says, we thanked God. We ceased, we never ceased to pray for him. It says, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. Asking that you may be filled, not just kind of a little bit, but all the way to the top and spilling over, filled, right? Have you ever gone to a restaurant and you're eating and you're having whatever to drink, you know, maybe it's a Diet Coke or a tea or whatever, and they come up to fill it, and they actually fill it like a quarter of the way, and they just walk away, and they leave your glass like a quarter full. Have you ever had that happen? You're like, not really. That's because that's not their job. You don't just put it partway up and walk away, right? You fill it to the top, and God's like, I'm just telling you, I'm all about filling you with the knowledge of my will, and Paul's like, we're praying that you be filled 
with the knowledge of his will. Now that you're saved and you're trusting Christ, may you grasp what God is all about. May you grasp his will and go after it. May you know what pleases God. That's a good definition for the will of God. What pleases God. May you know what puts a smile on his face. That's his will. May you know what pleases your God. Knowing his will. It says, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. It does not say in all practical, worldly uh, understanding. You know, it, it just works. It's functional. Like, that's not what he's talking about. Like, somehow in this world, you're seeing this physical, functional moment. No, not that. He's talking about a spiritual understanding. You grasp who God is in all of his greatness and you grasp what's going on in your heart, and you see the needs around you, and you're grasping the spiritual level of what God's doing. Because let's be honest, man, a lot of times what God's doing is walking us through a struggle or a heartache or a pain because he's looking to grow us in some way, shape, or form. And we can barely begin to understand the will of God if our plan is always, no pain, please. No pain, please. Like if that's our goal, we're going to constantly miss out on what God's will is. He's walking us in a journey to grow us to be more like Christ. And he's like, you're going to need to be able to understand with all spiritual wisdom and understanding, grasping what it's doing to the heart and soul for all eternity and how God is worshiped in it. Lord, give me a spiritual eye to what you're doing, right? In all wisdom and understanding. Now, let's just make sure we understand here the will of God. We talked about this a number of weeks ago, but I thought it'd be good to just repeat it again to make sure we grasp it. The will of God, his will, it's not a command. The will of God is not just him uh, saying uh, what he wants you to do. It's not you walking around going, what do you want me to do? Like, that's not the will of God. In fact, I just wrote down the will of God is rather, uh, Lord, how can I put a smile on your face. Lord, how can I put a smile on your face? Like, what are you so about that when I'm about that, it puts a smile on your face? That's God's will as he begins uh, to be reflected well in your life. I just wrote these things down. What God's will is mostly about. And uh, here's three words we talked about a handful of weeks back. What God's will is mostly about. First, growth. God's will is mostly about growth. 1 Thessalonians 4.3, it says, this is the will of God, your sanctification. This is the will of God, your sanctification. The word sanctification means you being changed to look more like Christ. Perfection becoming into your soul a little bit at a time. That's sanctification. This is the will of God. God working in you to change you one degree of glory at a time. It literally says, this is the will of God. You can't get more clear than that, right? When you're like, what's the will of God? 1 Thessalonians 4.3, this is the will of God, your sanctification. Pretty clear, right? And uh, Lord, may I be growing to be more like you. The first piece of God's will is all about your growth, you looking more like Christ, him transforming you through the power and the glory of the Holy Spirit. Second, gratitude gratitude. Growth first, then gratitude. This is the will of God, gratitude. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18 says, give thanks in all circumstances, 
for this is the will of God. Again, super clear. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God. Notice what it does not say. Give thanks when everything is easy and going well for you. Give thanks in all circumstances. All. Everybody say all. Thanks in all circumstances. Man, that gratitude will rock your world. When you start being able to say, Lord, I know that this is uncomfortable, and Lord, I know this isn't what I want, and Lord, I'm pretty afraid of what's going on, and Lord, I'm not sure about, and Lord, this really hurts, and but I thank you for who you are and I know you're doing something and I'm ready to be taught and what do you have? I'm leaning on you. Thank you for being right here with me. I am not alone and I'm crying out to you and you're with me. Gratitude. When's the last time you said to God, thank you, Lord? When's the last time those words were on your lips? Thank you, Lord. Now the harder question, when's the last struggle you were in where it was really hurting and you said right in the middle of the struggle, thank you, Lord. When's the last time? Gratitude, man, it's a huge part of God's will. Lord, grow me and Lord, may I be thankful. Gratitude, growth and gratitude. And then the third thing that God's will is often about good works. First Peter 2, 15, it says, this is the will of God. That by doing good, you put to silence the ignorance of the foolish. That by doing good, you put to silence the ignorance of the foolish. By doing good works, this is the will of God. Growth and gratitude and good works. You being able to see needs around you and pouring in. You being able to partner in with this church and rally after it with all you've got. Good works. This is the will of God. You being able to serve your king and say, it's all about you, Jesus. May you get all the glory. It's all about you. I'm serving you. Good works. May God get all the glory. And when we talk about the will of God, it's, his grow, it's growth, it's gratitude, and it's good works. Him working in our lives to bring these things about. May God get all the glory. And if you notice... There's not a lot of detailing in that, right? All too often when we think about God's will, we're like, God's will. Lord, what car should I buy? God's will. Lord, what job should I have? Lord, what home should we be in? Lord, should I really mow the lawn this week? It hasn't rained in four weeks, right? God's will. We start talking about very specific actions, very specific details, and going after those things and Here's a quote. The name of this guy is Andrew Doozy. It's D-H-U-S-E. And uh, this is his quote. God's will is not an itinerary, but an attitude. God's will is not an itinerary, but an attitude. It begins to capture the breath. The will of God is more like a circle most of the times in our lives rather than a dot. He's more leading us at the target of growth and gratitude and being able to go after good works, whatever are are around you and revealed to you at the time, and going after those things, you're literally fulfilling the will of God. You're putting a smile on his face as you look more like Christ. You're thanking him along the journey, and you're jumping in, and you're serving wherever there's a need. May God get all the glory. Now, there are moments where there can be very specific wills, right? We see Abraham. God's like, stand up and go to this specific place. 
right? And there are moments where God does have a very specific will for us, but there are a lot of times where God is more invested into you growing to look more like Christ. And the details of that, he's actually working with you so that you can express who you are in the midst of and be able to go after growth and gratitude and good works. There's some freedom in that. And then there's moments where God is locked down and he's like, this is exactly where we're going. I'm taking you right to this spot. Let's go here. And we just have to learn to do the dance of knowing the difference. Most of the time, God's will is mostly about growth and gratitude and good works as we move through our day navigating, making choices that would honor God and put a smile on his face. Ready? And all of God's people said. It's a huge deal that we grasp the privilege we have to be able to work with our God who has a will. Grasp this. God knows everything. He can do anything and he's everywhere all at once. I think his will kind of matters, right? Like what he has to say goes a long way, right? He's been there. He knows it. He's got it in grasp. May God get all the glory. His will. Lord, I'm ready to please you with all I've got. You know, Elizabeth Elliot uh, was actually at her house, true story, she was at her house in the jungle. She had a couple of young adults come to the place. They had maps, they had compasses, they had a lot of dreams. They're like super excited about this. We can't wait to go out on this journey into the jungle. We're going to bring the truth of Christ. We're headed out. And uh, they began to talk some details through. For those of you who don't know who Elizabeth Elliot is, she is a missionary. She ended up being able to reach out to some um, Indian people and be able to bring the truth of Christ. Her husband, Jim Elliot, had been uh, killed by those Indians. He had been bringing gospel message there. They did not understand. They were not able to grasp. And they reacted and responded in their culture. And they went and killed what put them at risk, they thought. And he lost his life. Elizabeth went back and was able to share Christ faithfully with them over the course of time. And a number of them came to trust Christ, praise God. And these guys were like, as these young adults came to talk to Elizabeth Elliot, now they're like, you've done it, you've gone out, we want to go out and we can't wait for her. And she looked at him and she said, you're missing one thing. And they're like, what's that? She said, you're missing a guide. And they're like, well, we have a map. We're, we're good, we've got, we've, we've got a compass, we're fine. And he's, she's like, no, you don't understand. You're best to be able to go along with the map and the compass, to go with somebody who's gone before you, to know and understand. You've got to start understanding you're not the ultimate guide, that you have a guide with you. That's the best plan. And man, may we grasp this, that Jesus Christ is our ultimate guide in life as we walk spiritually. Grasp this. He is our high priest. He has experienced anything and everything that we could walk through. It says that he has tasted of it like us, yet without sin. He is our guide. May we lean on him. May we trust in him. He's our hope. Man, grasp this. Jesus knows exactly what God's will is to the core. He's walked it ahead of us. He is a guide. May we go with him. Simple question. Man, are you seeking God's will? Are you seeking an itinerary or more about the attitude, Lord, I'm ready to go after growth and gratitude and good works. Lord, may you get shown off in me. Are you alone or are you with your guide? May God get all the glory. May we seek 
to know the will of God. And all of God's people said, amen. Point number two, if we're going to serve, not only do we need to know God's will, but we need to walk in a way that puts a smile on Jesus' face. Walk in a way that puts a smile on Jesus' face. He says that I pray that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will. Why? So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. So as to walk in a manner worthy. Walk, it means every step you take, every thought you have, every action, every motive, every emotion. May your whole of what you are and where you're going be about honoring your Lord. The one who died for you and rose for you, Jesus Christ. He is your king. He's like, just make sure your walk is in a manner worthy of the Lord. That you're showing off your king with what you say, with what you laugh at, with what you do. May God get all the glory. He's like, let's make sure our walk is in a manner worthy. It's going to come when we know the will of God. May we grasp the will of God and then walk in a way that is worthy of God. So that is fully pleasing to him. That it puts a smile on his face. That God sees you totally absorbed into following him and being about him. And as you walk with him and as you follow him and as you do what's worthy of him, as his glory starts pouring in and changing you one degree at a time, you are literally putting a smile on the face of God, fully pleasing to him. It says, bearing fruit in every good work. This word literally means there is a richness and a freshness, this fruit. Have you ever walked into somebody's house and you see this giant bowl of fruit on the table? It's got just like the fresh apples and oranges and the uh, bananas and the, the grapes. It just looks amazing. It almost looks moist and wet. It looks so fresh, right? Have you ever walked in and seen that? Have you ever walked up to one of those and you reach in and you grab into the bowl and it's just plastic, Right? You can like bounce it on the table, you throw it on the floor, just bounce back up and grab it. Hard plastic apple, not what we're talking about here, right? He's like, when we're talking about bearing fruit, we're not talking about the plastic fruit. We're not talking about it looks good from a distance, but as soon as you get up close, you can tell how fake it is. Man, may we not fake our fruit. And all of God's people said, may we not fake our walk, may we not fake our talk. Lord, may you rock my world and may it make such a difference that the fruit in my life is real, live, active fruit of you at work in my soul. Lord, have your way with me. It's a huge deal. It's like, let's make sure that we are bearing fruit in every good work. One way you know it's not plastic is that it's in every good work. And how many good works? Every, every right? If you're like, well, I've really got to nail down in this one little sliver over here when I do it, but over here it all falls apart. That's still not in the good fruit, the bearing fruit. We're looking for this to begin to start to bleed out into everything I do. And so when I'm looking to say I've got something nailed down with my God and he's teaching me and growing me, it's going to start to affect the breadth of your life, not just one little sliver that may be watched by others. You would be amazed how often you are aware of how many people are watching you. And when the lights go down, or it gets late at night, or I'm all alone, I start to do things different than when I think somebody might see it, right? 
May I walk with a fruit that is honoring and worthy of the Lord. And all of God's people said, huge deal. And he says here that we might walk in a manner worthy, that we would be fully pleasing, putting a smile on his face, bearing fruit in every good work, not plastic, but real, and increasing in the knowledge of God. You know that you have a real fruit being built when you're gaining a knowledge of your God. When little by little, you're learning more and more about him. I'm not talking about like these giant theological terms that you could talk about in a sentence or or a little bit, and that's all you know. I'm talking about personally, richly, deeply knowing your God. You know what breaks his heart. You know what gets him fired up. You know what he cares about. You know how he cares into your life. I'm talking when we wake up and we get into the word that we're not reading God's word saying, I hope to pass a quiz on this information. Not that. But Lord, I long to see and meet you. I long to know your character from this word right here. It doesn't matter how small of an amount you read. You go after one paragraph. God, rock me with who you are in this paragraph. I am ready to meet you richly today. What do I need to know about you? That the knowledge of our God would be firing us up for him and a worship for him. And as we go after a knowledge of our God, you'd be amazed how much the fruit follows. As we learn of him, as we know of him, as we worship him in that, we're basking in the glory of the Holy Spirit and it literally starts to change us. It's amazing how God works through the knowledge of God in our life. I'll just say it this way, as we go after being with our God, I'm telling you, with passion I'm telling you, God changes us and shapes us. We don't shape ourselves. Bearing fruit is not something you muscle up. Like, that's it, I'm gonna bear more fruit today, I'm just gonna make it happen. It's something where as we get with our God, as we have more of a knowledge of him and we worship him, his glory starts pouring down on and it starts to change us. Really important that we grasp that, man. It's like going and getting a tan. You don't get a tan more by going, I want more tan. You get a tan by getting in the sun, right? You step out into the sun and you let the sun rays come down on you and that's what tans you up. And so you also get a tan to the soul when you step into the glory of the Holy Spirit and his glory is pouring on you. Bask in the knowledge of the living God and worship him. It'll rock your world. It'll change you like you would not believe. Go after your God with all you've got. It'll bring a knowledge of him. It'll bring fruit and it'll put a smile on his face. It says, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Hear me, man. The God who speaks and this world exists. The God who teaches and they say there is no one with authority like this one. The God who speaks and healing occurs. He touches and it happens. The God who literally begins to raise his hands and say be still and the weather calms immediately. The God who manages eternal life itself as he pours life into you and he brings a CPR to your soul. And all of a sudden, 
where you were dead in your sins, you are now alive and breathing and celebrating him for all eternity. The God that brings that eternal life is at work in you. And he says, listen, the strength that comes and the power that comes from that God will rock your world. May you truly experience the glorious power of his might. And all of God's people said, and we are not alone. We are not struggling alone and we are not longing for change alone. We are longing for our God to do a work in our lives. It is his power unleashed in us. Jesus Christ with all authority doing a massive work, strengthening us and changing us. It says, for all endurance and patience with joy. In case you were wondering if God doing all this work was just going to make life easy and it was going to bring a lot of comfort with no pain and no sorrow, just read that again. For all endurance and patience with joy. Endurance and patience. God knows the struggles that he has planned for us to walk us through to bring growth. And please hear me, with the power and the strength of God in our lives as he begins to shape us and transform us and make us look more like Christ. Know this, that God is actually bringing a moment where you can be able to endure more. And with a smile on his face, as something very heavy might be happening in your life, he sees you honoring him and honoring Christ as you walk through that with unbelievable passion and love for him. Man, may we celebrate him with all we've got. Please hear me. God cares deeply and he's growing us richly and it's gonna walk us on a path of endurance and patience. You know, this past Friday uh, was kind of a wild Friday for us. Uh, we actually got a call. I got a call about one o'clock from Alyssa just saying, hey, uh, mom is having a hard time with her throat. She can't swallow. There's a lot of pain and she can't breathe real well. She's getting dizzy. And uh, she was here at the office and, and uh, she was able to kind of talk a little bit and we're like, that's it. Let's just get to the ER. So we raced over to the ER and she had taken some Benadryl and thank God over the period of a couple of hours that just kind of calmed down and uh, things sort of subsided. But we're sitting in, the off, in, the, in that office there as things are kind of subsiding down at the ER. And uh, she was feeling a little better. And so we were talking a little bit. And I was like, you know what's weird? We're sitting in this hospital and just thinking about a word. The word patient. Think about that word for a moment. What do you call someone who's checked into the ER? A patient. And what are we called to be able to have and express, right? Patience. And they wrap to it together so well. It turns out, I looked it all up. Of course, I did, right? While we're sitting in the air, I'm like, how does that work? What's the root of that word? What's going on? And as it turns out, here's the deal. Patient is someone who's suffering. And patience is when we have a long-standing ability to suffer under. I've said it before here, but we aren't really in patience until it started to hurt, and we're working with it then. Patient, it has a lot to do with pain coming along with it. And he's like, I'm just telling you that with the power of God at work in you, and there's endurance and patience with joy. With joy. When God's at work, there can be joy in the midst of the heartache. 
There can be very rough things we're walking through, but God is right there with us. And we're beginning to take in a depth, not of celebrating the circumstance, but instead celebrating our God. A joy, an endurance, and a patience. May God get all the glory. It's huge. He says here, giving thanks to the Father. Again, back to his will is about us giving gratitude. Giving thanks to the Father. Lord, thank you. In the tough times and in the easy times, thank you, God, for who you are. Jesus, thank you for your work on the cross. Thank you for what you're doing for me. Thank you for the hope I have because you died and rose again. I have life because of you. Thank you, Lord. And whatever change you think needs to happen, I am ready to go after it. May you get all the glory with gratitude. May we lift him up. It says that we would bring thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Who has qualified us. Please hear me. We are not qualified by our own works. We are qualified by the Father. We are not qualified by our own perfection. We are qualified by the perfection of Jesus Christ. It is his death and his resurrection that gives us hope. And the Father brings a qualifying that allows us to have eternal life. May we bring a smile to our Savior. May we please Him as we serve Him with all we've got. May we grasp what His will is and literally say, Lord, I'm ready to put a smile on your face. May you get all the glory. And, um, you know, this past weekend has been a big weekend. And uh, it uh, definitely brought a smile to my face as the father. And uh, let's just throw the picture up. So our younger daughter, Alyssa, is now engaged. And uh, praise God for that. Alyssa and Grant uh, are now engaged and headed for marriage uh, next year. And super excited for them. Uh, I'm just telling you, uh, love to see the relationship these two have. Love to see that you sit down front with us when I'm going to talk about you, right? <laughs> Love to see the relationship that you guys have for each other and how you care for each other, really how you grow because of your working in each other's lives and pointing each other to Christ, man. It is, it is no greater hope for a father than to know that his daughter is being cared for. And so appreciate what God is doing with you guys and puts a smile on my face as I'm able to see what God is doing as you walk step by step exactly where God's calling you to walk. May God get all the glory in. And I'm telling you, may we go after putting a smile on the face of our heavenly Father. And all of God's people said, how are you doing at putting a smile on the face of your Father? At knowing what His will is at serving him with all you've got, being excited about going after, not with perfection, but saying, Lord God, I am ready for you to change me however that needs to happen. I'm ready for you to be glorified. Put a smile on the face of your king as you follow after him in a manner worthy. May God get all the glory. Right. Third, serve Jesus who has served you by purchasing your forgiveness. Serve Jesus, who has served you by 
purchasing your forgiveness. He says here, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. He has delivered us. The Father has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. Grasp these words. The Father has taken us from no heartbeat spiritually, no life, dead in our sin. He has qualified us earlier. He has now raised us up and brought us in to the, transferred us into the kingdom of His Son. Man, we have life because of Him. We have hope because of Him. We look to the work on the cross that Jesus has done. He died for my sin and He has risen from the dead. He cries out to a world, you have hope. You have hope. As Jesus Christ has died and risen, lean on Him and have faith and we can be moved from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of light. May Jesus Christ get all the glory. Hear me, men. You have been transferred, if you trust in Christ, into the kingdom where Jesus reigns as king. He has all authority. He reigns over all. Are you transferred into that kingdom? Do you know that king? As your God, as your hope, and Jesus Christ, we are told that he is our brother. Did you know that from scripture? He is our brother and God the Father watching over and this kingdom is absolutely perfect for all eternity. May God get all the glory. We are transferred from brokenness into perfection, all for him. May we point to him and show him his glory being showed off in us. It literally says that we can thank the Father. It says that we're qualified. It says that we're delivered, that we're transferred. God doing this huge amount of work. And then it says, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. In whom we have redemption, bought. My sin comes at a cost. And it costs me my life. Christ dying on the cross is replacing what I owe. Redemption, purchasing my pain. Redemption, purchasing what I owe because of my sin, Jesus Christ covering me. He has bought me and he has covered and allowed me to have forgiveness of sin. Jesus Christ, do you know this God? The one who has all authority, and the one who walks you into the kingdom in absolute perfection, the one who has gone ahead, who is your guide, he loves you. The glory of the Holy Spirit pouring on, changing you. May we respond to this king with all we've got. And all of God's people said, man, don't hold it back. Knowing the will of God, Lord, change me, growth. Thank you gratitude, and then diving in and serving him good works, handing him your all with all you've got. Romans chapter 12 talks about serving in the church, and it says that you all are gifted. If you've trusted Christ, God has poured a gift into your life. Did you know that? If you've trusted Jesus, he's gifted you to serve in the church, and he's literally given you as a gift to the church to serve, 
to do his will, to put a smile on his face. You, gifted so that you can continue to walk forward saying, I can't wait to make much of Jesus Christ and to care for those around me. Romans 12 continues on and it says, you don't have to write any of these down, but listen to this. What does it look like to serve our king? To love one another. This is verses 11 through 13. To love one another, to outdo one another in showing honor, to not be slothful or lazy, to be fervent in spirit, to serve the Lord, to contribute to the needs of others, to show hospitality. May we care for those around us. May we serve within the church. May we light it up for Jesus Christ. That's knowing the will of God and acting on it. That's serving with all you've got and making much of our Savior. Man, when we recognize that Jesus has all authority, may we hand the reins over and allow him to do a work where we begin to serve him. And all of God's people said,